This is Rylan Reese. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Driver driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Bird. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You kidding me? By Dylan Ward. Gets topside wrap. Oh, scores! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. We're here with Rylan Reese, former Stony Brook Seawolf and current LSM with the Wardogs Lacrosse Club in the PLL and transition player with the Rochester Nighthawks in the NLL. First off, Ryan, we want to welcome you on in the show. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. You know, the weather's nice here back in Vancouver. So, um, you know, start finally starting to get back out on the field. It's not pouring rain or freezing cold. So it's nice to have some hot weather. Yeah, absolutely. It's starting to warm up here on the East Coast a little bit too. Probably not as nice just yet, but we're, we're getting there. So, um, but we want to first start off, you know, obviously we're going to get into the Wardogs, we're going to get into the Nighthawks a little bit too, but um, we always like to start at the beginning. Your grandfather is actually in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. So you've been around the game probably for a long time. Um, when did you first pick up a stick? Yeah, so I probably started playing lacrosse since I could walk. Um, probably had a stick in my hand since I was three. Um, started box cross at about five. Then I actually didn't start field lacrosse until probably about seventh grade, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, box cross started pretty much since I could since I could walk, since I can remember. That's great. And kind of uh, let's go into a little bit uh, of that box career. You know, let's talk about winning that Minto Cup in, in 2018 with Coquitlam. Um, obviously, you, you broke your foot, so you missed kind of the, those last few games. But I heard you, you you ran right on the field afterwards. It didn't hurt probably once you were hoisting that cup. Yeah, that was that was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Uh, you know, being traded to Coquitlam, going to Alberta, going to Calgary for that tournament. Um, it was phenomenal. Uh you know, I was coming off a lot of lacrosse. I was going straight from, we were playing box lacrosse, and then I went to Israel. Yep. And then I went straight from Israel to playoffs, straight from playoffs into the Minto Cup. So it was just a lot of lacrosse. Um, and then, yeah, the first game of the finals, it just broke my foot. I ended up getting surgery when I got to Stony Brook. But um, like you said, after that final buzzer went for the Minto, I, I was on my scooter, and <laughs> I was just full speed off the off the bench and I just let go of the scooter and just jumped into the pie. I was, I was crazy excited. And, um, you know, it's not how I would have liked to finish it, but, um, you know, it's just how it happened. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a really awesome experience. I'm sure. And you mentioned Stony Brook. Let's little talk a little bit about your college career and kind of how you made that decision. There were a few Canadians right on that squad. Challen Rogers was also from BC. What it really kind of went into that decision to head to New York. Yeah, so the biggest thing I think uh, was a team culture I felt on my official visit there, um, you know, kind of knowing Challen a little bit before I went mm. um, and then having fellow Canadians like like Challen or Brody Eastwood or McLean Chitwain. So there's kind of that Canadian line down there already, which was mm. pretty comforting knowing that they were, you know, able to go down um, and just live down there successfully on their own, you know, not really knowing anyone. Um, so that was something for me. And then um, also just the coaches kind of believing in me and knowing um, like the potential I had and really pushing me to my limits and um, really believing in me from the get go, you know, it's kind of, it's really hard to go to college and be a freshman that has an impact on the game. So for the coaches believing in me and giving me opportunity, um, you know, I'm forever thankful for that. So. 
Yeah, and you, you certainly have a, you talk about that pipeline, right? Yeah, obviously Challen, you, and then this past uh, draft, right, Harrison Matsuoka got, got drafted by Calgary. So there's a bunch of Seawolves in the NLL right now. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's still more there, like a guy like Mike McCann or Matt Anderson. There's yep. still Canadians down there that are, you know, at Stony Brook, even with the coaching change, they're still bringing that Canadian line down. And there's still yeah. a lot of Canadians that are going down and having success. And let's talk about the NLL a little bit. You know, you got drafted in uh, 2019 um, to the Nighthawks. I was actually at Xtony Live too as well. And I, I remember interviewing you because you were the second pick by the Nighthawks and the first for that new iteration of the franchise. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, that experience of getting drafted by an NLL team. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the dream come true. Um, you know, for the longest time, I never thought that this would be the end goal or never thought that I'd be able to make it there. And um, kind of just kept pushing, you know, kind of playing on the A2 team every second year for me or getting cut from the A1 team every second year. Um, you know, you kind of start to lose some hope, but, you know, just st- stuck with it, kept playing. And, um, you know, as things, as I got older, just things started coming a little bit better to me. I started playing a little bit smarter as a player. Um, and it really opened up some gates for me, especially um, come junior, you know, being traded to Coquitlam there to help them go to the Minto. I think that was um, big for me and my, for me at that draft, um, if I stayed on the Saints, who knows, you know, where I would have gone and may not have gone second and may not have gone to the first round. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it, but it was just that feeling of hearing your name and walking across that stage is, is crazy. Um, you know, it's something my grandpa has been trying to get me to do or helping me get to for my whole life. Um, so I know it was pretty, uh, dream it was a dream for him too and um you know I couldn't be more ecstatic to share that memory with my mom and my brother that were able to go down to the draft so it was a a dream come true you know and talk a little bit about your rookie season obviously it was unfortunately cut short but you know you had a lot of success um now you know a long layover between that season talk a little bit about the rookie season and then looking ahead to this upcoming December yeah the rookie season was amazing um you know the team came together really well um, we had a ton of talent there and obviously being a young, a young team with a lot of rookies getting a lot of playing time. Um, you know, that was, that was a year for us to really grow. You know, we just started, we had a lot of close games, a couple of overtime losses. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's as a first year kind of expansion team, it was, it was eye opening to see, you know, the work we had to put in and the level of lacrosse where we needed to get to. But that was just the first year with a lot of rookies. I think there's eight of us, you know, playing. So, that's a lot of, that's a full year for them to grow. And that just means there's a lot of years for us to play together um, in the future, which is, which is really exciting. We get some really good guys in this next draft. And, um, you know, the Nighthawks, we're looking to just keep building on what we've made. You know, I was treated phenomenally there with Dan Carey and uh, Craig Ripper there. Um, so it was a phenomenal experience for me, even living in Rochester, getting to see the community, um, you know, all the fans a lot more than usual um, was, is awesome for me and just kind of, just kind of reality for me now, um, you know, living there and it was just kind of adjusting to the new, new lifestyle. It, it was phenomenal. It was, I, I couldn't expect, you know, you expect to finish a season your first year, but um, you know, with the things that come, I'm, I'm just excited to get back there in December and um, start competing at training camp again. No. And that same uh, year actually leading prior to that was uh, when you were on the Boston Cannons as well. So your first foray in pro lacrosse, um, you had a you know phenomenal season. You're an all-star Talked a little bit about, you know, your first foray in professional field lacrosse. Got drafted to the Cannons and was 27 overall, I believe. Um, you know, I didn't go in the PLL draft. And then 
I got picked up by the archers and the player pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just talking with coach Twerk and then kind of deciding between the MLL PLL just at the time, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to adjust the field game coming from the college game. Kind of just wanted to make a name for myself a little bit more before I went to the big stage, I guess, the way I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know, I knew some, a bunch of people going down and playing there and talking with coach Twerk a lot. He, he just made it feel like that was the right place to go. And, you know, I don't, I don't regret going to the cannons at all. I love, I love my season there. The teammates that I had there, um, you know, we played in some really hot weather in Boston. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's some really good memories all on and off the field there with the cannons, um, you know, and memories I'll have for a long time. We didn't, uh, didn't get to the championship or we didn't win the championship like I hope, but you know, the next year they got it and I'm happy for all my teammates that got that championship ring. So um, you know, I had a short stint in the MLL, but it, it was, it was good. Yeah. And you definitely made a name for yourself. Obviously you got ended up heading to the PLL last year and got drafted first over on the second round by, by the water dogs last year, obviously it was a really interesting experience for, for yeah. a first year, I'm sure in, in the PLL with, with the bubble. Talk about kind of that experience in Utah. Yeah. So that was a, uh, it was a little different. There's a, uh, it felt very safe though. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, all the players, we, we all got tested before we went, we got tested as soon as we got there. Um, we got tested right after our three day training camp. And then after that, it sort of opened up a little bit to where we could hang out with our team a little bit. And then we started to build those bonds, you know, the water dogs, we played a lot of cards um, and, you know, and you're just hanging out with guys more and more, you're learning more about each other. And then even with practices, you start building that on the field chemistry and you just build from there. And it was a short experience um, and a short time to get to know the players on a level that you hope. Um, but I thought that that was something we did really well was kind of bond off, off the field. And, and, you know, the on the field stuff comes along as you play, right. We don't, we didn't really have a lot of practices um, kind of jumped right into it. So I'm excited to see what the water odds are going to bring this year, um, you know, with, with the trades, with the drafts. Um, so I, I'm super excited. Um, and, you know, I can't wait for my first tour here. So we'll see, uh, we'll see where I have to stay, you know, with the border, you never know if that's going to be open or closed. So, um, trying to figure out where I'm going to be living now. So it's kind of a little bit up in the air right now, but we'll be there. Yeah, no, sounds good. And yeah, we're looking forward to it. You also made some additions this off season with the water dogs, adding Liam Burns, Mikey Slosser, and Ben Randall. Talk a little bit about those additions. Have you talked to any of those players or, um, you know, what's kind of the vibe right now? Behind, with the team with the water dogs yeah so we've been chatting just in like a group chat and we're setting up some calls here shortly um but yeah I, I played with Ben Randall at Stony Brook for mm-hmm. a year or two and then he transferred to Ohio State so I know Ben from there and he was a phenomenal shutdown defender there and I you know obviously played against him in the MLL and so I talked to Benny a little bit um Liam Burns you know is someone that I always just competed with mm-hmm. um I don't know him personally um I just know my first year in the MLL took a nice slash and got stitches in my elbow. So I uh, might have to bring that up to him, but yeah. no, I know, I know Liam is a veteran leader. Um, very talkative. It's definitely going to help our defense, especially in losing Brody. Um, and same thing with Ben. And then, you know, Schlosser scored a few goals against us for sure. in in Boston there in the MLL. So I know what he brings to the table with his speed is downhill dodge, hopefully spread out the field. Um, and then another guy like Ryan Brown uh, yep. that we brought in. You know, he's, he's going to really stretch some defenses with his ability to shoot the ball. Um, and I think they're all perfect pieces to the puzzle for the water dogs. So I'm super excited. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting ready to roll.
That's awesome. And I, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask, do you have the number two pick? Who do you think coach is going with uh, at number two? You don't have, I know you probably don't, I can't answer that, but. It's so hard. There's it's so many talented players in this draft. Any position you, every, any position you look at could be going, the top five is going to be a lot different than I think a lot of people have. Sure. You know, it's hard to say with players like Sowers, Teat, Bernhardt, you know, who's going to go where, but it's almost like there's no wrong decision. It's like sure. they all bring a specific thing to the field and they're all a little bit different, but they're all phenomenal players. So I really don't know what coach Tope is thinking. Um, I'm probably the hardest decision he's going to have to make, but um, I, I'm super excited for one of those studs to come onto the water dogs and join us. Going off of that, we talked a little bit about the international side of things. Talk to me about, you know, playing for Team Canada, you know, in 2018. Um, and do you have any, you know, sights set on the Olympics eventually in 2028? Yeah, so the Team Canada, was, <laughs> at first, initially, I was really shocked. I was surprised and I was ecstatic that I made the team. And yeah. I knew there was a lot of work to go ahead. I knew, that, I knew how competitive and how good the players are over in that tournament. And I really kind of started to just get to work and, um you know it's makes it a little bit easier when you got guys like Brody and Jeff Snyder like there's such mm-hmm. phenomenal leaders that they are and really helping coach the team as well um and you know learning from Brody there's not much better person to learn from um so he definitely helped me in keeping that defense tight but it that compete level over there the, the amount of lacrosse skill that's over in that tournament doesn't matter what team um and it's crazy to see how many more teams are just coming into that international tournament. Um, mm. It was hot, but it, it was one of the most, it was my best experience of my life going over to Israel, playing over there with a group of guys. You know, we had some young guys, we had some veteran guys with, um, like I said, Brody and Jeff Snyder, but we had, you know, Trey LeClaire, Jeff Teat, like a few younger guys as well. Mm. And I think that was a great experience for us. And now we kind of know what to look forward to in the future. You know, not saying that it's, we're already on the team or anything. Cause it's, you know, there's new players coming in all the time that are, mm-hmm. there's always someone better is what I like to say. There's always someone better than me. Um, so, you know, the work doesn't really stop for that. And um, you know, for the Olympic side of things, I would love to see them get there and just kind of depends on the rules that they settle with, whether it's, is there long poles, is there not, you know, so mm-hmm. kind of waiting on to see um, if that happens, but that would be, that'd be phenomenal if it did. And I think it'd be a super cool experience for all the lacrosse players. Absolutely. And, you know, I think with your skill set playing in the NLL, you know, it makes you a little bit versatile. So hopefully, you know, there's an opportunity for you there. And I know that's a ways away, but definitely <laughs> looking forward to the lacrosse in the Olympics at one point. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll dive into our fine five. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military inspired products from their signature big ass bar of soap to their bourbon infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that's made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Duke Cannon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right. So welcome back. Now let's dive into our five and five. I'll start off with the lacrosse questions. And the first one I like to ask is what are some pregame routines or superstitions that you have? Ooh, I don't have too many. Um, I do have to tape my stick the day of the game before every game. Um, and that's, that's really it. I don't do, 
anything too much. I don't do anything on the floor that I do every day. It's just the main mm -hmm. thing is just kind of taping my stick. You know, I got my headphones on and I just do my thing while I tape my stick and I get ready. And, and then I just hang out with the guys, talk before the game and get ready to play. I like to go to the, the trainer's table, you know, get the work done there. And, mm -hmm. but there's, there's really not much for superstitions or anything like that. I just tape my stick and that, that's all. And just go out and compete. I love yeah, it. That's it. Number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be throughout your entire career. Favorite venue. I'd have to say the mile high is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The Denver MLL stadium. That was a pretty cool experience. Um, you know, I haven't played yet, but I'm excited to play at Gillette. I think mm -hmm. that's going to be a pretty cool place. I think probably the coolest venue would, I would have to say would be Israel. Mm -hmm. Just because it was so different for that championship game, that stadium was phenomenal. And, you know, it was, it was just such a great experience for me that it just kind of holds a special place in my my memory so i'd have to say that is real venue there yeah i figured israel might be on on there because yeah given the environment uh number three who's been one of your toughest matchups in your career uh, there's been a lot mm -hmm. um i've covered sours when he was at princeton um you know i was on lyle for a bit at worlds mm -hmm. i've covered schreiber i would probably have to say but if I'm playing down low defense, I'm saying Sowers is the hardest that I've had to play against mm -hmm. because there's no keeping up with him. Um, but, you know, since kind of going to the pro level, I haven't played too much down low. And it's been more all midfield. It's mm -hmm. I probably have to say it's Tom Schreiber, you know, that you can't really force him to a place in the field where he can't make a play. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you force him to his left hand. He's skipping the ball with his left hand. It doesn't really matter. So mm -hmm. I'd say it's it's probably Tom Schreiber. Awesome. Yeah. I, I figure that might be up there. Yeah. Uh, number four, who is a teammate or fellow lacrosse player that you've leaned on as a mentor during your career? I would have to say Brody. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think he's going to go down as one of the best defenders of all time, if not the best. Um, and he's, I'm sure everyone knows how great of a leader he is and, you know, being able to learn from him um, with Israel and, you know, talking to him, even when I was in high school, I was, you know, getting ready to possibly go to the Hills. So I was talking to him a little bit there. And, um, so, you know, I've had him a little bit along the way. I'd say he's definitely someone that I, I watched personally growing up. And that was, that was someone I kind of strive to be like as a player. So I think he's definitely been someone, um, that has helped me and been my role model along the way. Yeah. I think it says something too, when you're a current player in the league and there's already an award named after you, you know, with the LSM yeah. <laughs> yeah. winner. So yeah. Um, no, I definitely, I figured Brody might be your answer. Um, and then finally to wrap up lacrosse questions, what is your current stick setup? I know you just signed with Epic. So um, do you know what you're rocking these days with uh, the Epic setup yet? Or are you still trying to figure it out? So I'm still figuring out a little bit. I used the uh, Dragonfly um, elite that they gave us for the water dogs. I used a Z1 at the, uh, Utah championship there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I'm, I think I'm just kind of waiting, getting a little package from them soon, hopefully, and mm -hmm. strain them some up and see how I like them. You know, it's going to be different for field across and box across, depending on, um, the heads. So mm -hmm. just kind of, I'll be making that decision shortly here and probably giving the other one to my brother. <laughs> yeah. And, and what do you, you do as far as stringing and does it, how does it vary a little bit between the, the NLL and the PLL? So I do not strain any of my sticks. I never really learned. I never did. Um, my younger brother always strung my sticks. He's at uh, Chestnut Hill right now. I would just get him to send them the heads to him, and he sends them to me strung. So that's just it's how they come. 
Um, but if I can't get him to him, then um, I saw that Lars Keel is going to the PLL, which is nice because he's drawn my stits in Boston. So um, might be someone I'll have to get to string that up for the unfair advantage. But yeah, there we go. Unfair advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Put Lars on notice. Put Lars on yeah. notice, right? Uh, I'll take some of them. Yeah. He's going to have a big order at the hotels there. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I'll take some of the off the field questions. So number one, obviously you're, you're on the floor on the field a lot, but what are some hobbies you enjoy when you're, when you're not playing lacrosse? Um, well, I love golf. I do a lot of golf in here. Um, just got my first membership. So I've been trying to do, get out more, um, golf, you know, we'll play the occasional video games with the friends, you know, right now with the pandemic, it's kind of hard because the, the restrictions are pretty strict here. Still, mm-hmm. you can't go to restaurants. You can't, we can't play box cross really yet. So everything's kind of starting to open up a little bit. Um, the cases got back up again. So kind of restrictions got back to strict, but um, right now it's just golf and Xbox with the friends. There's not a whole lot more to do. There we go. Uh, number two, who's a athlete in another sport you really enjoy watching right now? Athlete in another sport. I'm a big hockey guy. Okay. Um, so I like watching a lot of hockey. Canucks are, you know, they just got off their little two week there with the whole COVID problem that they had. But OT uh, winner with by Bo Horvat there. That was a nice, yeah. nice way to get back on, on track. You know, after yeah, not a bad start. I hope he stood on his head. So that was nice. But amazing save. <laughs> yeah, one of the players that I watched kind of and heard about in college was Tail McCarr. He's one of the guys on Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Just a defender that has a lot of the offensive touches and the way he skates and everything it's just it's truly amazing to watch so he's someone that I've been watching a little bit you know there's a ton of sports and a ton of athletes yeah. that I've watched so uh, that's one guy that I've been watching a little bit yeah, Kale's a good one I, I can't believe how young he still looks he looks like he could be 14 or whatever yeah, he's younger he's than me and he's <laughs> one of the best defensemen in the NHL so yeah. <laughs> crazy uh number three favorite spot to vacation when we're not in uh quarantine Favorite spot to vacate? I think, uh, oh, that's tough. I'd have, I'd say Hawaii. Um, my grandparents used to go there two times a year. Okay. Um, but now with the whole, with COVID, they can't go, but I know they want to go back as soon as possible. So I'm sure as soon as kind of everything lifts up and then this whole thing rolls over that they'll be going there and I'll probably try and tag along. So <laughs> yeah, that was just somewhere that we always kind of grew up going. So it kind of brings back the old memories. So good stuff. Uh, number four, favorite meal, and do you prefer to dine out or cook at home? So I enjoy cooking a lot. Um, and even in Rochester, Ryland Hartley never – he didn't know how to cook. He didn't know how to do the laundry before he got there. Um, <laughs> so I kind of did all the cooking there, and I helped – he did the dishes. Uh, so I enjoy cooking. Favorite meal? Hmm. It's hard to say – it's hard to beat a nice steak. Yep. You know, with mashed potatoes and a salad or something. But I'm a big fan of tacos. I love tacos. So I'd say it's a toss-up between those two. Okay. What's your go-to taco spot? Is it a local joint or is it, you know, national chain? Usually just homemade tacos even. Okay. Yeah. You know, just we – don't, we don't have a lot of chipotles up here or anything like that, so you can't really go to one of those. But, you know, just coming home to a Tuesday taco night or something, there's, there's not much better than that. Yep. Perfect. Uh, and then my last off the field question uh, with, with quarantine, everybody's been cooped up. So they've been reading a lot or listening to podcasts or watching some shows, movies, any recommendations for the listeners? 
So I rewatched Game of Thrones at the start. Okay. Um, I love Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, my friends, they call me crazy. I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, so I'm just starting oh. Lord of the Rings movies. I know. You're going to love it uh, if you like I haven't seen them, uh, yeah. but I haven't. So I'm starting those. You know, I listen to all the bunch of, there's a hundred lacrosse podcasts yep. that I you know, <laughs> listen to. Every every mock draft you see or something, you read it, you listen yep. to it, you just kind of hear you hear what's going on. So, you know, I've been keeping up with that. Um, but yeah, so I'm starting the Lord of the Rings movies and that's the, that's the binge I got going right now. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Um, the Hobbit's actually my favorite book. The Hobbit movies aren't as great as the books though. So, you know, if you go through Lord of the Rings, temper your expectations for the Hobbit trilogy. Cause it's not quite as good as the Lord of the Rings, but yeah, I know my friends were talking about the uh, TV show. That's going to be supposed to be coming, coming out in like yeah. two years or something or a year. So they're like, you have to finish movies before then. I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the budget's like the biggest budget. I think they're like, it's like five. Yeah, it's bigger than Game of Thrones and everything too. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'd like to end on one final question. That is, what is some advice you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? I I always say it. I just say never give up. Um, you know, I was cut from a lot of teams in my box cross career and my lacrosse career in general. Every time I was a first year on a team I was cut to the A2 team or the B team and you know you just can't let it stop you there's there's kids that are older kids that are better it's just the hardest working ones are the ones that that are going to kind of break through at the end and keep continuing to grow as a player and um kind of by that age midget junior as you get older you kind of start to separate yourself as a player and that's just the hard work and the dedication that's coming through at the end so um I, I just have to say don't give up and just keep the grind going Awesome. No, we appreciate it. Where can people find you on social media, Rylan? Uh, I got Instagram, Twitter. I don't tweet a whole lot, but I like to like to scroll through it. Uh, but Instagram's Rylan Reese seventy one. Um, I think Twitter's just Rylan Reese. So those are pretty much the only social media I use right now. But you never know. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Best of luck in this upcoming PLL season and eventually the NL season this winter as well. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you out on the field and the floor. Awesome. I can't wait to be back out there. Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducan, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent.